0: Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Music Drives Us podcast. My name is John Paul Laurenti, and on this podcast, we discuss the life and times of local musicians, radio DJs, writers, club owners and so much more. This week, we have the extremely talented Natalie Jolly, a New England raised singer songwriter who started her career at the young age of 14. Thank you so much for joining us, Natalie.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So why don't we just get started? And can you just tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, where you come from? What do you do?
1: Yeah. So I am a full-time musician. I come from Wakefield, Massachusetts, born and raised. I was born into a really musical family. I grew up with lots of instruments around. I really took to singing at a very young age. I started playing out, as you said, when I was about 14 and I really just haven't looked back.
0: That's awesome. So touching back on the starting gigging out at 14, can you tell us or tell me the story of how that all started? Can you tell me like about your first performance?
1: yeah so it started you know a lot like most people start like starting performance it started with like school performances school talent shows I think I played a few little like local farmers markets and I loved it I really got the bug for wanting to perform and we had my father had a friend that owned a restaurant and he was just like hey any chance you guys are interested in live music my daughter would love to you know practice a little bit. And it turned out to be a great thing. I ended up playing their Thursday night happy hour there every week for two years. So that was my first, yeah, (laughs) kind of started off strong.
0: (laughs) So from 14 to 16, you were just every Thursday constantly just.
1: Yeah. I mean, I got more gigs from that first gig. So I was there every Thursday and then that's kind of how it goes. You meet someone that sees you there, they know someone or they work at a restaurant and then it just kind of, you know spirals from there.
0: Wow. That's wild. So how long had you been playing and practicing prior to your first performance? Like how many years had you been per, uh, playing guitar?
1: I started playing guitar when I was about eight. Um, I, I, started with lessons, learning a lot of stuff that I wasn't super interested in. I had, like I said, my family's super musical. My dad and my brother both play guitar. So I really learned from them. I quit lessons really quickly and they taught me how to play some chords. At that time was when like YouTube was really coming up. So I started being able to YouTube, how to play pretty much anything. And between YouTube and online tablature and stuff like that, I just started expanding my you know how many songs I knew how to play by the time I started playing at 14 I had like 75 songs under my belt that I you know I had the sheet music in front of me like I had the lyrics in front of me but that I was familiar playing at that
0: time yeah so 75 songs so yeah that's that's a lot even just for my own personal I can't I don't even know 10 um but <laughs> but 75 at the young age of 14 like that's that's a lot so were they all different uh bands that inspired you personally or were they just was it stuff that you grew up loving and were just like i know how to play this i've been singing it since i was two yeah, <laughs> like, like i, I need started, to perform this live yeah
1: yeah <laughs> well it started i think i learned like the few songs that i grew up with my father playing which was like, you know, the Eagles, Tequila Sunrise was the first song I ever learned. Um, And then like Free Fallen by Tom Petty. So it was really songs that I was familiar with. I grew up in a very classic rock household, the Beatles, Eagles, Tom Petty, Rolling Stones. I grew up around that. So I started off learning songs that I knew the lyrics to, that I knew how they would go. And I've really followed that my whole career to the point where now a lot of times if I know the song on the radio and I'm used to hearing it and someone requests it, I can just pull it up on my phone. And as long as I have the chords in front of me, like if I audibly know it, that's been a skill I've gotten to, you know, perfect over the years.
0: Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. Like I, I remember in my own previous experiences where I've been in a band, where people would request songs and, uh, our lead singer slash guitar player, they'd be like, they'd be like, can you play this song? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. But the guitar player, he'd be like, I I don't know that song. Like, I don't know. (laughs) They'd be requesting like really hard, like, do you know, like, don't let me down by the Beatles. I'm like, he doesn't know, he doesn't listen to the Beatles and he doesn't solo George Harrison. Like, I'm sorry, like he doesn't.
1: Yeah, no, you have to know the song for sure. Like if you know it enough to sing along with it, you can figure it out at a gig. But if you don't know it, like I, you know, in the past couple of years, I've started doing weddings and stuff and I get a lot more requests for songs, not on the spot, but ahead of time, like for their first dance or something that I have never heard before. And I'm just like, mm, this is... <laughs> this, this is terrible. <laughs> <Like having laughs> to really learn. I have to listen to it like a thousand times yeah, to get it. Yeah. You
0: know? No, that's wild. So you were learning music when you were a kid and you said that you had help from your dad and your brother. Did you uh, take any music classes in school at all? Were those uh, something that you took part in?
1: Yeah, I did. I, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of school. Um, I, from a very young age knew I wanted to do music as a career and I wasn't, really interested in going to college for it. So my middle school and high school years were very much me trying to fill my school schedule with as many music classes as I could. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I took like everything that I was allowed to take from, I played violin as a child. I took all the singing courses that I could take. I took history to music and you know, how to use garage band classes and everything that I could.
0: So you that sounds amazing like you had access to all of those classes like growing up in school like that's that's something that i can't really relate to like i had access but it wasn't like a focused on thing in music classes like we didn't really like focus on trying to do all that stuff it was more of just like grab your yeah. instrument take the sheet music play it you're done uh
1: yeah my school was very music heavy for sure the by the time i was a senior in high school the principal of the school used to be the head of the music department. And yeah, we were just really into it. We did a lot of competitions and like, you know, there's good and bad that come with that because there's a lot of stuff you learn in music in school that isn't what you want to be doing with music. So that was a big struggle for me, like singing all this music I really had no interest in, which looking back, I'm glad that I did. I learned a ton, but you're not singing Aerosmith in the school choir, you know?
0: Yeah. No, it was, it was, uh, yeah, that's not, it's never fun, uh, performing in the school band where it's a main focus is like classical. That's where I come from. Like I started yeah. in sixth grade performing in percussion in school band and I learned all the other instruments. Like I learned uh timpani and snare drum, bass drum, all that stuff. And when we got to eighth grade, one of our teachers was like, you know what, let's be cool. So we played cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Yes. Yeah. And I was like. <laughs> So many students were like, finally, like, we're doing something amazing. And some of the kids were like, oh, I'm going to get my guitar. Other people are going to get bass. And the teacher was like, you know the drum set? And I was like, I know the drum set, sir. And he was like, Yeah, that's been
1: something I've always wondered is I've had the same type of experiences as that, where, like, we finally get to sing a pop song and everyone gets super excited about it. And it's like, why are we not doing a little bit more of this to keep people's interest, number one? Yeah,
0: it was, it was, it's. to me, it was very surprising because we talked a lot about the Beatles, but we never played any of their music like in classes. It was it was like a weird discussion where we'd always be like, we should do this, but we never did. So that one time when we did Led Zeppelin, the thing that was awful about it was the teacher took it away from us and gave it to the seventh graders. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> horrible. And I, th- I think it was because I was too loud on drums. I was too into it. Oh, how I was, dare you? <laughs> I know it was my fault. I was pounding. Yeah. <laughs> I was hitting him so hard because I was like, finally. And everybody was just like, I remember one time they stopped performance because the teacher was like, you're too loud. And I was like,
1: yeah, no, I mean, that's something that I dealt with a lot too. Like, you know, minimizing, you know, when you're in a choir and there's, seven people singing the same vocal part it would be very much so of like minimize yourself so that you fit in and so that your voice specifically doesn't stand out because you're supposed to sound like one voice for the entire alto section and I totally get that it's just that you know that doesn't come naturally to people who are inclined to be a musical performer <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's like I would be in school singing as like one of 15 women in the choir and then I'd go after school to my gig and be like all alone on a stage and it was just very weird for that time period until I graduated and got out of that mindset it was a very like weird shift I was doing.
0: So speaking of like a shift what was it like for you going from singing in school to just going home and singing after school uh, to try and get out like I imagine you weren't uh, you still had some pent-up creative energy when you would get out of school so I assume you would be Playing instruments when you get home to practice and do other stuff. How was that shift? Like, what was the, was it really hard to try and like retrain your voice from going from school singing in like one of 15 girls with the Sopranos and then going home and singing along with the Beatles? How did that?
1: Yeah, honestly, it wasn't because it was like just such a relief. Like I, every day I got home from school, I was like, finally, because then I could do what I wanted to do. Like I could listen to the music I wanted to listen to play. Another thing that I really couldn't do in school was write. And I did a little here and there. Like we had some soundproof rooms and like if I could sneak out of a study block, I would just go play. Um, but I couldn't have time to really obviously be creative. And that's, that's my first love is writing. I mean, mm-hmm. I love singing, I love playing, but I'm a writer and like there, like, I would be scribbling lyrics in the middle of class because I'm very much for like, when I get an idea, I have to get it out immediately. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't schedule when I write it, A lot of times it comes at a very inopportune time. I'm recording things into my phone or scribbling on whatever paper I can get. So when I could get out of school and go home and just, you know, just be like the the hardest thing for me was finding the time between sports and after school stuff. Like I just wanted to be home with my instruments and just mess around, just experiment. Like, that's all I wanted to do.
0: Just play as as much as you could get out as much thought, like creative thoughts that you've had. Like I've been in similar positions where I'd be either working or at school and I'd Come up with a guitar riff or a drum beat where I'd be like, "Oh, I need to play this, but I don't have access to what I want." Um, It's the
1: worst. (laughs) Yeah, like yeah,
0: you you are lucky where you call yourself a writer. Like I can't, I can't really relate to that. But I can relate to being in a situation where you have all this creative energy that you want to just let out. Uh, Yeah, for sure.
1: And I've been super lucky. You know, my parents always allowed me to have the basement as like a partial studio setup and even like I spent so many hours in high school just playing songs over the PA system and just singing like karaoke like singing along to it like I was just having my own little concerts down there now as an adult I'm like what I would give to have just like Three hours of undivided time, nothing to do, no responsibilities, just blaring music and singing whatever song I was in the mood to sing that day. Like, I look back at those times and I'm like, I had it made. (laughs) (laughs)
0: See, that's just me every single time I'm in the car now. (laughs) It's yes. <laughs> like all yes. I do and yes. just keep flipping through my phone. It's like, what can I sing? What can I sing? What can I sing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like screaming. No, <laughs> like that one hurts. Not today. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you would go home and you would be practicing, did uh, your friends or did people find it weird that you were practicing music so much? Like I know you played sports and I believe we've discussed before where you said you've done gymnastics, but I assume your friends were playing more sports than you were so were they like, why are you going home to practice? Playing yeah. Like singing and playing guitar. Was that always?
1: Definitely. Like- um, I was not a super sporty kind of person. I no one really got what I was doing. Like when I would say to people, I got to go home and practice. They were like, for what? And I'm just like, well, I don't know. Just just for the sake of practicing music, mm-hmm. just because I how, like I want to just because that's what's fun to me. And they didn't get it like what do you mean? Do you have a performance? Do you have a competition? Like, you know, everyone's 12, 13 years old and playing sports and having games. I was just doing it for me. And I think having a hobby and a passion that young is a little out of the ordinary. Like, I swear, even when I was like 10 years old, like every group of friends I had, whether it was at school or gymnastics or what, I'd be like, yeah, like, let's, let's start a band. Like, and they'd be like, what do you mean? What is a band? I'm like, (laughs) finally, like, I think my mom one time was just like, you know, not everyone like is raised with music. Not everyone has a musical family. Like I'd be like, do you get like, Oh, you know how to play something, any instrument. Like I was desperate. I'd be like, do you want to jam sometime? Like they'd be like, what does jam mean? Like, what are you talking about? So I definitely learned young that like, okay, this is different. People don't really get it. And I kind of just, would do my own thing and be like oh sorry yeah. I can't come Just,
0: gotta, no. yeah you gotta <laughs> pra- yeah you gotta practice and do you do your own thing like it's really weird and hard finding those uh types of people in school I remember with my music classes I did find other kids who played guitar or bass or other instruments than what they were like classically yeah. being trained to play and in our free block at the end of the day we actually had our music teacher she was very into like supporting our music uh exploration so she got me and my friends an electric drum set for us to just mess around with uh after like at the end of the school day it was like it was pretty expensive for them to get for us because there were only like three of us who used it yeah Um, that's awesome so So it was a great time that at the end of the day we could literally do whatever we wanted we would make so much noise and blast we were right next to the art room though so the art teacher would always be coming over and be screaming at us be like you're so loud like stop and i'd be like no (laughs) i'm 13 i want to i want to get this out like i want to practice i want to i want to be creative and i want to like i want to play the songs that i grew up listening to which is just it's it's so fun learning what you grew up listening to, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I had, you know, I had a problem where not many of the people I was going to school with grew up listening to the music I grew up listening to. I remember I was in the car once and I asked one of my friends, like, I don't know how old I was, but I was like, my favorite band is Kiss. What's (laughs) yours? And he was like, uh, jam in 945 and I'm like <laughs> yes. that is not a band That's and that, like no one knew what I was talking about I'm like oh you, like hanging out with friends and who has the iPod and putting on music and they're putting on like Katy Perry yeah. and I'm like can we put on some rolling stones and no one knows what I'm talking about so I had a really hard time finding anyone my age that I was you know making music with in school that wanted to play that kind of music
0: yeah, so who were some of those bands that you were like downloading like you specifically who are they who are the bands that you were downloading on your iPod when, if you had
1: Oh my gosh. I mean my all-time favorite is Aerosmith. Although whenever I say that I always say like the Beatles are like zero. Like yeah, they just They're on a category zero, of their own. Tooth, yeah. They, they <laughs> don't even go into normal ranking. Um I grew like up star. heavy on the Beatles. Yeah. Aerosmith is My number one, I mean, I love ACDC, the Rolling Stones, Eagles, Tom Petty, you know, that kind of like 70s, 80s stuff. And a lot of kids my age, like they just they just looked at that as like the music their parents listened to. So it wasn't cool for them. And I'm like, okay, I know. I know that it's just like what your dad likes to listen to. But if you really listen to it, like I swear you're going to get it like it's it's just a totally different.
0: It's a it's very differently constructed. It's very differently just played out. And see, yeah. I, I find it funny how you th- you say, like, oh, it's just the music that my parents listen to, because now everybody's like, Yeah, even though my parents listen to it, I I listened to it. Like I grew up with that stuff um personally, like all the time. Like I was going to these concerts at four. My first concert, I was four. I saw Aerosmith. When I was four. No years. way. Mine uh, I, was the <laughs>
1: Rolling Stones when I was like eight.
0: Yeah. So I I don't think Oh, I've ever that's seen amazing. It, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the Stones. So that it's kinda wild. So my dad works in radio and he uh and my mom both had like interactions or had something going on. So they're like, all right, the whole family's going. I ended up going backstage. I did end up meeting Steven Tyler that day. Oh, my
1: God. um,
0: I I held his microphone and I got to wear a scarf. Four
1: years old. Yeah, I was in life made by four. So
0: when I was four, I was like, okay, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life like what's next and so I was lucky enough where I, my dad brought me to a ton of concerts so by the time I was 12 I'd seen bands that are no longer touring anymore I've seen Motley Crue I've seen the police I've seen Aerosmith I've yeah. seen kiss like I've seen all these amazing bands and to me I was like these are these are the best but to my friends they were like who
1: yeah, no, totally. Like, I remember this is this is actually you'll love the story. I was what a junior, I think, and Aerosmith was doing that free concert outside their old apartment on Calm App.
0: Yeah, they were like doing and the, the drive by or something.
1: It, it was They set up this stage right outside the steps of their old apartment in Boston, yeah. and it was just a free concert. Just get in there and make your way, and they're putting on a show. And I obviously wanted to go. My dad was like absolutely let's go so me my dad and my brother went in caught the show like it was like a Tuesday afternoon and in my mind I'm like easy like I'm skipping school to go to this this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity and I went to school the next day and one of the girls in my singing class was like (laughs) why did you skip school to go to a concert and I'm like why wouldn't you skip school to go to a free Aerosmith concert that's a once in a lifetime opportunity like I I had the same thing that you're saying like my dad was very much like, okay, well, if this is what you want to do, then let's go see the people that you idolize. Let's see them do it. Like you need to see them live and you need to like pay attention. And it was, that's what I did. Like I, I've done the same way. I've been to a ton of concerts like that. And it was almost like that was like my college going to see all my heroes.
0: You're growing up in Boston. You're listening to all these different classic rock bands. Um, As you're getting older, did your taste in music change? Did you start listening to more of the pop bands that your friends were listening to, or did you just stick with all the classic rock bands that were basically your heroes? Did you sort of shift? Yeah,
1: I definitely started broadening my horizons. The older I got, um, the first... Really, artist that pulled me out of that was Taylor Swift oh, when wow. she came out with her first album, I think I was like twelve, and her first single was our song and <laughs> I remember we were doing this thing at school where like it was this you know everyone was pretending to be a grown up and have yeah. a career and yeah. whatever and I was the d j for the day there you go. and someone was like, "Do you have Taylor Swift's our song?" and here I am with like 50s classic rock CDs, and I'm like, what? What do you want to hear? So,
0: yeah, no, <laughs> that, I was like, a well, ideal. what is this song
1: that has so much hype? And that really changed my perspective. She was the first like mainstream, obviously, she was country at the time, but like mainstream pop. Artist that I became obsessed with, and I really did become obsessed with her songwriting, which I think is like a huge element of my music. Like when people say, "How do you describe your music?" I'm, I always say like, "I'm somewhere in between classic rock meets Taylor Swift storytelling kind of thing." All right. So that was a, you know, that was a big one. And then you know, you're in high school and everyone's hanging out. You you just have to. Everybody. you have to like the music that everyone's liking what's yeah. on the radio, the rap, the hip hop. And that's not really my scene, but the older I've gotten, the more I like my playlists are the most random <laughs> yep. combination of music possible. So yeah, yeah.
0: when I'm shuffling through music, it will be like uh, Gojira heavy metal and then it will shift to Johnny cash. And then it will go back to Aerosmith. Yeah. It will just, it will just like do a weird flip flop. And it's like, okay. Um, <laughs> Oh, oh no I had something I had something right there and I was gonna say something and I forget what it was but um, so you were listening to all these other pop bands did so Taylor Swift is a big influence obviously was there anybody else who recently has made like uh, an impression on you or somebody who's songwriting that you find uh, very unique that you may want to like try and see if you can not mimic or copy but like do yeah. your own like version of?
1: Yeah. There's definitely as a writer, like every song you hear, you listen to from the viewer's perspective and you're like, do I like this? And then there's also the other half of your brain being like, am I inspired by any of this? Um And I'm right. Re- like right now I'm super into John Mayer, okay. which is not a new artist, obviously, but, but his, I don't really listen to music.
0: Phenomenal anyways. And his guitar playing is Like,
1: Oh, he's just, yeah. Like I don't really listen to music in terms of like what's big right now. Like Mm -hmm. people that are big right now, I'll end up putting a song or two on playlists and I might get into them, but I also discover new artists to me. They're new to me, but they're not new artists. And like, I've always liked John Mayer, but it wasn't until a few months ago I got really into John Mayer, like really listening to albums from front to back and Mm -hmm. his blend of real instruments being produced and arranged in a way that is mainstream is genius to me like he he's the only person that can play like a rockabilly guitar lick and somehow it's a mainstream pop song
0: yeah that blows my mind yeah he he can do basically anything he was touring with dead and co um, yes, he's played Fenway, I, saw, like, I saw one of those shows. Yeah, he he's very talented. He's a Berkeley dropout, um, mm-hmm. and so I've <laughs> I've spoken to many of Berkeley people, and they're all like, "Oh, so who's your favorite tar player?" They're like, "Oh, John Mayer. <laughs> oh, John Mayer. He's obviously. obviously John Mayer." And it's like he's he is very very good and very talented. I um that's so obviously I assume you know Modest Mouse, correct? Yes. So great band. I love them. I think that Johnny Marr's involvement with them from the Smiths was very interesting but also so good uh i discovered them when i was in high school but they've been around since like 19 i don't know 94 93 they've been around mm-hmm. a very long time have changed drastically throughout their entire career because they they're very folk indie like weird nonsense in the beginning but then they'd shift into alternative yeah. type of rock and that sort of change is very um drastic for how long it like took for that to happen and I thought it was just very yeah. impressive. When, like when I was in high school, I assume you've discovered many bands when you were around that age where you listen to their whole catalog. And mm-hmm. we're just like, could you tell when so like, say you're in high school, you're listening to a band and you listen to a band's whole catalog. Could you tell like the growth and the change over time with certain bands? Could you see their development as songwriters and musicians?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, my favorite example of that is Aerosmith. Like Aerosmith's first album is one of my favorite albums of all time. But when you compare their first album to like Just Push Play, like it doesn't even sound like the same band. I mean, Steven Tyler, as just him, his voice changed so much. He really like really found his voice like at at every album, every iteration of that band, he was growing and growing. And you can tell they started working with some writers and producers pulling their sound in a certain direction, which a lot of, you know, rock fans are like, Oh, that got too mainstream for me. (laughs) And like, I, I hate that argument because it's like, well, what would you do if you were Aerosmith and you've been around for 20 years already and you have the opportunity to either stay doing what you've been doing or, you know, do something a little fun and different, and hop into the mainstream and rejuvenate your whole brand. And they did it amazingly. Like mm-hmm. they just really had that seamless transition. And when I listen to that is the biggest, you know, difference for me. And that's why I love them so much. There's so many different versions of them, you know?
0: Yeah. So, can you relate that to yourself? Like, have, has your songwriting drastically changed from when you first started writing songs to say now, of course, or like the overall structure of your songs? How has that changed as you've uh, practiced? Yeah, I think
1: it's funny. I actually found a few of my old songwriting books just yesterday and I was looking through and I was like, whoa, um, <laughs> lots of things coming back. But I think for me, the biggest thing was at first, what kind of an artist am I? Mm -hmm. I didn't know the answer to that question. I knew what kind of music I liked and I knew like, you know, what kind of artist I wanted to be, Mm -hmm. but sometimes the image that you want to portray and then the creative thoughts coming out of your head are two very different things. And when you're young and impressionable, every artist you listen to, you're like, well, now I kind of want to be like them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, (laughs) when I first started writing, all I was listening to was rock. And then like, Mm -hmm. you can see the progression as I go on. Like when I was 16, I learned how to play piano. So then for like three years, I wanted to be Sarah Bareilles. (laughs) And like I looked, back and I'm like, "Oh my god, this music is so not me." But yeah. I still love it. It was just what phase I was in. And now I think I've created like I know what music is me. And sometimes I write songs where I'm still like, "This isn't really me, but I'm still going to write it." And you know, one of the one of the goals of mine is to be writing songs for other people. And when a song doesn't yeah. feel like me, I'm happy to give that up to an artist who It resonates with. Yeah. So now I know when I write a song, it's either me or it's not. And, you know, I feel like I've really honed in on what my original vibe is, but it took a long time to get there.
0: Yeah. No, I, I can imagine. So you had been performing, obviously, we've talked about this since you were 14. So as that changed and you have been performing more, you get out of high school, you keep performing, you ended up. Uh, being involved with the Music Drives Us charity. Can you tell me the story of how you got involved with the charity, how you started performing with them?
1: Yeah, so I met Ernie Bach through some mutual friends and it actually started with a photo shoot for the Music Drives Us bracelets. Um, Oh, those those
0: guitar pick? Yeah, the guitar pick bracelets. It started
1: with a photo shoot for the guitar pick bracelets. I was really, you know, active on social media at the time and I hit it off with the girls that were doing the Music Drives Us marketing. We became good friends. Then I actually um I made Ernie a prototype. At the time I had a jewelry company with my sisters and I made him a prototype for like an updated version of the guitar pick bracelet that, you know, had Onyx beads and a sterling silver pick. And it was really cool. So I started making the bracelets for Music Drives Us. And then it wasn't until a few months later that I was doing videos online and whatnot. And then Ernie was like, wait, do you play out? Like, is that, and I'm like, yes, that is what I do. Um, so yeah, so he, had, he had no clue having, that you
0: were like musician was playing all the time. Like,
1: Yeah, no, I mean, well, cause a lot of people, they see you on social media making videos and stuff and it doesn't always translate to what you do when, you know, you're not on social media. Yeah. So he was like, Oh, that's great. We have an event coming up. Would you like to play it? And that was, That was it. I, that was what, five years ago. And I have played just countless events for Music Drives Us since then. And it's just been a, you know, it's been a great road working with them.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds uh, amazing. I didn't know you had been playing with them uh, for five years. That's um, amazing. So have you opened up for any cool acts? Like, have you been able to see other musicians perform uh, through these events and um, your performances? Like,
1: yeah, so Let's see, like four years ago, I think it was, the Music Drives Us Christmas concert was Joe Perry. Oh, wow. Which was, and I was just like, can I come? <laughs> can, I, can I come <laughs> you to the just, show? want to be involved. And yeah. I, you know, they, of course, I went to the show. It was amazing. I actually got to meet Joe Perry. It was like such a bucket list item moment. It was incredible. And then fast forward this past December, I actually got to, open the Music Drives Us Christmas show and I got to open for Cheap Trick, which was like mind blown. Yeah. I was like playing that's really and I'm cool. literally just being like, what is happening right now? Yeah. I got to do a duet song with with Denny Lane during Ooh. my set, which was the, oh my God, the coolest thing <laughs> ever. Ima- yeah, that's he amazing. was in Paul McCartney and Wings for people who don't know. And yeah. oh my God, he was just hanging out with him, practicing with him was one of the highlights of my career thus far. So Music tries is to me to some cool places for sure.
0: That's amazing. That's really cool. Um, so since we know that you've done so many performances with them, I want to get your take on this. And you learned a lot of music in your schooling and you had access to many musical instruments. How important was that to you growing up? How important was having access to music in your school to you?
1: Well, very, because when you're a kid, you spend a lot of time in school, you spend a lot of time, you know, so having teachers that you could go to and connect with about music was really instrumental for me, no pun intended. Um, You know, like there were some teachers that weren't even my music teachers, but that played music or were really interested in, you know, maybe more so rock and roll than the the music department teachers were and having that ability of being like, let's talk about a song and now I want to go learn it. And I can go to the music department on study hall and I can go practice it. And like, it was just this, you know, they really helped us cultivate that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had the same thing, like kind of you said about, they had, they were providing you guys with instruments. Like Mm -hmm. I remember We had like, they ordered us all sorts of new pianos because so many of us started picking up playing on our own that they ended up getting a bunch more pianos and putting them into practice spaces so that we had our own spaces to go and be creative. Like just having that support where, like I said, I wasn't into sports. And sports usually get a lot of attention in school. And, a, you know, we had in we had people that would come to our singing competitions and come support us because the school was really into it. Like, we were traveling around. I went to Ithaca College every year in high school for a massive singing competition. And uh-huh. it was like, those are some of my favorite school memories, you know?
0: That stuff didn't happen in my school. We, we did it, like, sort of in middle school where we, we'd go to competitions. But it was never – it was <sighs> – they were always like the classical music, and it was forced. But people didn't come and support it. It was like all the other schools would watch you compete, yeah. and the family yeah. the, and the families wouldn't be there. Nobody would really be there. And yes, they'd sometimes have the winter concert for uh, the school and then for the parents. But it was it was always the same thing every year. It's just you play Ode to Joy, you played the the Bach, right. it oh, it's Beethoven. Yeah, it was just that you always play that stuff. So it was it was um, fun, and I'm glad that I had the access. But you had more of a outlet.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like looking back, I definitely had some experiences in school that are unique. Like I, we had um we had a class where we were like I said we were learning how to use GarageBand and we had to like create a beat of some sort as a you know, a school test. Yeah. And I just took the opportunity to write an entire song and try to create an entire arrangement to it because I didn't know how to do that yet. I didn't know how to program drums. I didn't know how to quantize things and use the software and like, I'm not going to release that song, <laughs> yeah. but I still, I still have it. And yeah. I listen to it. And like, I always think really fondly of like, I got to make an entire song like soup to nuts as a school project and then have my, t- like, I got to, you know, show it to my whole class. And it was just this really supportive environment. I remember I used to go run to that teacher, like in between classes and I'd be like, I'm trying to write this song, but this chord progression doesn't sound right. What am I <laughs> doing wrong? Cause I wouldn't be seeing her for another couple of days. And she's like, you're doing this wrong, do this and that it'll fix it and I wouldn't have be like like this is this is great like really I good. was able to integrate it with what I was doing outside of school which was the best part
0: yeah no that's that's a, that's the best indeed like I, I that's I wish I had something like that when I was growing up like more of that uh, access and more people I could go to when I was in school to ask those types of questions uh, so when you were outside of school making your own fun like what would you do in that time frame of being like home from school and going to bed? Like, what was the, like just one day, was there one day specifically that you can think fondly of where it was like, this was the greatest day ever when you got home from school um, as a
1: kid? That's a good question. I not, not one day, but definitely periods of time. Like I came out with my first CD mm-hmm. when I was 15. Okay. And my brother and I made the entire thing in our basement on garage band with like a gigantic old recording machine. It was like just the worst setup. But when I think back to that time of coming home from school and just recording, and and at that time it took so many takes for me to do something that I was proud of. Like Mm -hmm. so many takes of, no, that needs to have more emotion. Like, Like, and I didn't have auto-tune or we couldn't even splice together tracks. Like every vocal track had to be from the beginning to the end of the song in one take. And when I think back to that, like I learned so much. It's like what people say, like you learn from mistakes. You learn from messing up and being like, this is absolutely terrible, but now I know what to do better next time. And making that album, I have a lot of fond memories of just experimenting yeah. learning like what is what are we doing here what is going on
0: yeah just trying to trying to see what you can do yourself like just be creative and just not really care or worry about how it sounds just being like i want to just i want to see what i can do and just yeah. And, and
1: like I said, that's another thing that as an adult, you always want that time to just be like, just to create, just to ex- like experiment and try new things. But you're always doing, you know, the next thing on your to do list. And I like, I'm so grateful to have had years of time where I was capable of recording music. I was already writing. I was already playing. I was capable, but I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. When so, I learned so it's, how to had, do it,
0: yeah, it's like you had the ability, but you didn't know how. It's, yeah, it's like, I, mean, it's I like, couldn't
1: like, imagine if I had never tried to write a song like before I graduated high school, I would have just been like, well, I would have been going to college for something else, and it would have just been something that I really wanted to do, but never really did.
0: Yeah, no, that's 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 amazing that now you are fulfilling your dreams and pursuing that uh, that whole musician like rock lifestyle (laughs) and then like performing gigging out live all the time it's it's truly I know one of my favorite
1: quotes is when people say remember when you wished for what you have right now and it's like whoa that hurts (laughs) and anytime I start to feel like what am I even doing or this isn't going the way that I want it to go I'm always like yeah. Well, six months ago, I would have been delighted
0: yeah. to be wow. where I am
1: now. And I was working towards this and now I'm here, like step back and enjoy it.
0: That's a re- that's a really good, that's a really good quote. Well, I think we should end it on that. That was, that was, <laughs> that was flawless. Um, Thank you, Natalie, so much for joining me on this uh, inaugural show of the music drives us podcast. I would love for you to tell me what is going on in your life. Do you have anything new coming out? Anything you'd like to plug, put in? <laughs> Yes,
1: yeah, so right now follow me on social media. I'm Natalie Jolly on everything. That's Jolly J O L Y. I actually just relocated to Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, wow. So, I am not in release mode right this second. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get my studio set up and, you know, figure out life down here, but I have a lot of stuff in the works and right now I'm just honestly, I'm writing and writing and writing. I every time I go somewhere new, it's really inspirational to me. So, I'm kind of borrowing right now being creative. So stuff will be coming soon. So just follow me online and that way you'll know what's up.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Natalie, for joining me. And I hope to talk to you soon and can't wait to see where you have up waiting for us next.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me.